Here's Matt Mosley. Oh, it is Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. And uh, Dateline Atlanta. I mean, you had the uh, you got the SEC Media Days on Thursday. I, I'll never forget. We had Travis Brown. We also had Brent Zorneman, man who broke the big story. Travis, you were having to react in real time, and you were kind enough to jump on with us. It's hard to believe, isn't it? It's only been a year since the enormous announcement of uh, of OU and Texas headed to the SEC. Travis, welcome back uh, to the Matt Mosley Show. How have uh, how were SEC media days? Yeah, well, it hasn't seemed like a year to me because Brent's reminded me about it like every other day. So I just need to relive <laughs> it over and over again. Uh, no, it, it was great. I'm glad to be back. A l- little bit of a late night flight, so a uh, l- little, little sleepy today. But, uh, you know, it's SEC media days. It's talking season. It's uh, It means football is around the corner. And yeah, that's that's a happy time of the year, isn't it? Yeah, it is a happy time. Although you had to uh, ask the head coach about an arrest that was made of a star player for the Aggies, and uh, talking about uh, Ania Smith there, and uh, boy, I that was uh, that the whole thing. And I was reading your story, and Travis, I got to say, before you were coming on with me, I had kind of looked at this thing, and I said, "Oh yeah, the weapons thing is is the most serious." And then I started looking at the blood alcohol level. I mean, he didn't blow. Uh, a scary number, although he, you know, when I say scary, it was below the legal limit, yet he failed those sobriety tests. I mean, this is this is kind of, uh, there's more to this one than meets the eye initially. And then and, and the players you talked to at Media Day, he was supposed to be at SEC Media Days, were really, really supportive of him. Um, I, I'm, I'm almost getting the uh, the feel here that, that this is not going to be – now, he'll be suspended, and who knows if he'll miss a game or whatever. But I, I, I really do feel like there, this is not one of those cut-and-dry, let's-kick-him-off-the-team sort of deals. Not in the slightest. And, yeah, you know, the weapons charge is – it's a Class A. It's the highest misdemeanor of the three that he got. But the only reason that he got the weapons charge was in Texas, you can't carry a gun – and commit a class B or A misdemeanor. So the he had a gun, legally he was carrying a gun, but he also uh, failed a field sobriety test, and they also found a very, very, very small amount of marijuana in the car. And so because there he, he did fail the, the, the field sobriety test and he had a little bit of marijuana in the car, the, the gun charge gets bootstrapped in because he had a gun in the car. So it, it is, but it's not like the gun was causing any problems. He was carrying the gun in the car. Um, so that was an interesting part of that. Yeah, he, he blew a point. He, he blew two breaths. It, they actually conducted field sobriety tests, which he failed a few of those. He passed a few and failed a few. Um, and uh, then after he was arrested and Mirandized, he, they, they, he consented to a breathalyzer test, did two, blew .066 and .061, which is, of course, below the .08 limit uh, to be intoxicated in the state of Texas. And then after all of this, an officer uh, was searching the car, found a one joint that had like .02 numbers of of marijuana and then the uh, the gun in the console. So that's when the other two actually got added on after he was already taken to the Brazos County Jail. So, yeah, it's not cut and dry. And 
And I think, you know, a lot of times coaches will give you the stock answers of we're going to figure out all the facts and make a comment later. There, there actually seem to be some facts to figure out as a part of this one before necessarily any suspensions or punishments are, are levied because, you know, and this is me being armchair, uh, I'll be armchair district attorney or prosecutor. I, I don't know how much you're going to be able to, to take that to court. Um, I, I don't know if that's something that they're going to want to backlog the court systems with for basically what amounts to a really, really small level of, of pot. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Well, he, I think it, it, sometimes it, it's like the right, did you pick the right county to have this happen? He right. picked the right team to be playing for, I would say, and I think most attorneys will quickly find some kind of settlement. You may have to do some uh, service hours and that kind of thing, but you're uh-huh. right. There are some mitigating factors as uh, as well, and I, uh, I, uh, I, I like hearing you talk about a tiny, tiny amount of uh, marijuana. That is a low amount, so I, who knows what will happen here, but it'll be interesting to watch. Now, the SEC media days, though, the people that were there, um, what was your biggest takeaway from Jimbo? Jimbo backs away from his earlier comments of Saban, and it seems like he's kind of trying to distance himself from that and, and kind of move on down the road. Interestingly, now one of Saban's former assistant coaches uh, is in big trouble for some things that happened when he was at Tennessee. So that some people are now pointing to Jimbo's comments and saying, hey, look, Jimbo may have been on to something with Coach Saban. I, it seems to me that um, Jimbo wants to get away from all that stuff, and he does not. He would like to stay away from any more public sniping with Nick Saban. Is that the? Uh, is that sort of what you, one of your you know one of the takeaways you had from talking to Jimbo? Yeah, well, I'll start out. The biggest takeaway that stood out to me uh, for for the purposes of this show is is the very first day I. I look over and a gentleman sits down next to me, and it's one Ian Fitzsimmons of ESPN, a former colleague of both of us. So that was uh, a good catch up. But with uh, with Jimbo, uh, yeah, he you know it's pretty interesting to say that you know hey we're moving on. Uh, We have a lot of respect for a guy when he said called him God and a narcissist, and that he should have been slapped as a kid. That's a weird. That's a weird pivot. That's a weird, uh, you know, way to, you know, and that he was never going to call him again. Um, so, yeah, tried to kind of throw some dirt on something that was still pretty visible uh, to everyone around. Didn't know exactly how that one went over. And then you have, actually, it was a good juxtaposition to Brian Harson of, uh, of Auburn, who, you know, had that big inquiry in, into him and, and his program over the, and he attacked it head on and said, Hey, you know, uh, we're, we're going to be better for this, and and in his opening statements, and 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 kind of use it as an opportunity to to just go ahead and address it and put it to bed. And Jimbo Fisher didn't really put it to bed. He just kind of said, "Yeah, we're not going to talk about that anymore." Um, the other interesting thing that stood out that actually seemed to be a little bit newsy uh, is when asked when I actually asked Jimbo if they went to that three six schedule that that nine game schedule that would have three permanent opponents which three teams would he like to see he actually kind of dodged the question for me but of course the great Kurt Bowles asked it again as a follow-up said you know I don't I don't think he answered that question and you can't not answer Kurt Bowles uh so he said uh, uh he said Texas LSU and he said he'd like to see Arkansas but when they were in Destin and they kind of pinned some teams on some people you know, he, he believes it was Mississippi State. And we kind of looked at each other and went, well, I hadn't heard that before. 
Um, so I, I, when we got clarification, I got clarification from both spokesperson and with Ross Bjork, the AD. They both said that was just parts of the conversation, parts of the hypotheticals that were thrown out there and destined in other meetings, nothing set in stone. Greg Sankey, of course, opened the comments, the, 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 the media days, by saying they, they are, they're not anywhere close to that scheduling. They want to see how the college football playoff shakes out, if it's, the expansion goes there. And they, they, the thing that they're the hung, most hung up on in Destin was tiebreakers because uh, in divisional play, two divisions, tiebreakers are a little bit easier than when you have very fluid schedules with all 16 teams when that happens in 2015. So tiebreakers is what seems seemingly is one of the big things holding this up. All right, and uh, Travis Brown joining us from the Eagle uh, right there in Bryan College Station. Does such a great job covering the Aggies. And uh, I, I noticed, by the way, Travis, that you were uh, dubbed one of the last men standing at SEC Media Days. And I saw a picture of you and the, the famous Paul Feinbaum, who covers the SEC for ESPN and uh, is, uh, is very recognizable for his bald head and interview show over the years what was uh what was that about were you just did you linger there more than most so uh, um, the great robert cessna my boss at the eagle always a company man trying to uh save save the company a few bucks so he he booked our flight to atlanta at 5 30 a.m out of austin uh on sunday and he booked our flight back on thursday night out of austin at 11 p.m so you know college football we, we needed to write our stories but we had a lot of time to kill so it's not like we needed to you know we were, we were better off where we were than trying to go find the local starbucks uh so yeah they do a thing every year on the paul feinbaum show of whoever's the last media people standing and of course me robert uh and uh brent zorneman all travel are, are a traveling crew when it comes to sec things we're all sitting there and they producer came over and said well if y'all are all three leaving together who wants to go and and they kind of, you know, put their finger to their nose first and, and volunteered the young guy as, as tribute. Also, Brent kind of threw me under the bus saying, hey, this guy's getting married in a week and a half, so uh, uh, you should put him on. Uh, and then next thing I know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm trying to do some banter back and forth with uh, Paul Feinbaum, who I'm pretty sure was, was ready to be out of Atlanta. So uh, it, who also, I think, actually invited himself to my wedding. So we'll see how that goes. Wow! Wow! Fine bomb uh, may uh, may show may show up. That is uh, well. That's exciting. That is coming up uh, in a hurry. Travis Brown uh-huh. about to uh, about to take the uh, take the plunge. Uh, and I, I tell you, it's interesting what you said about Harson thinking about these media days. Uh, you know, Sankey. I thought that was going to be interesting to see what the SEC did in response to the USC and UCLA. And I think what they did was kind of smart. It's like, why would we stop down and act like we're worried about what the Big Ten is doing? We've got the schools we want. we got these monster schools, you know, coming in with the University of Texas and OU. Uh, I should add that Texas has not been a monster as far as winning is concerned, but a huge brand that he felt no need to, to have some kind of big response to that. I thought, I thought that was interesting, Travis. I wanted to see what you thought because he made a big to-do about basically going out of his way not to really have any reaction or call anybody or meet with anybody in the SEC in the, in the aftermath of that. Yeah, you know, and something that a lot of the reporters us gathered around kind of talked about, Greg Sankey, the commissioner, is always 
a, a, a pretty buttoned up guy and he comes out every year for his kind of state of the conference uh, first spe- uh, speech and there's a lot of facts and figures and numbers and this is how many softball teams made the NCAA tournament and we have this initiative and that initiative and, and kind of, you know, yawn fest all the way through. And this year he was very loose, very conversational, and he didn't really have to bolster up the SEC because I think with everything that has happened, with how they have dictated um, what is going on pretty much in the college football landscape, it, it, it seemed like it was the first year that he kind of, not only personally, but the whole organization kind of knew that they're, they're, they're driving this bus. And, you know, a lot of that conversation was reading between the lines of, hey, you know what? We, we have the key. We have the, the, the keys. We're behind the steering wheel right now. And if anybody wants to hop on or ride along or, 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 or follow the caravan, that's on them. But, you know, this, we're pointing the direction of this thing. And I think his speech and his demeanor, his tone and the things that he talked about really kind of conveyed that message of, of kind of what everybody has said, but no one has said out loud is that the, the SEC, they're, they're, they're the power brokers in, in what's going on right now. Yeah, and they probably will remain so, but uh, the USC-UCLA was obviously a a very interesting thing. Now, as a TCU graduate, Travis, what do do you make of this (coughs) beef between the TCU Horned Frogs and the Texas Tech Red Raiders? Apparently, TCU is keeping Texas Tech, trying to keep them out of their uh, gymnasium, basketball, and out of their stadium in football, and then, obviously, the TCU coach or recruiting coordinator made some kind of crack about what te- what Texas Tech was doing in paying all its players uh, the similar amount, these $25,000 a player. Do you kind of like the beef that is going on between these two schools? Good. You know, I think let, let's, let's stir some crap in the Big 12, you know, like, I, you know, let, let's let's kind of get some. I think with, with all the attention going towards the SEC and the Big Ten and and everything, and, and Texas and Oklahoma leaving, let's let's get some rivalry going. Let's let's get some. So you know, the last big other than the Texas OU thing and everybody having their ire for them leaving the conference from a conference perspective. I mean, the last the last great real beef in the big 12 it was 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 patterson v bryles i think like let's let's you know let's let's get let's get some things stirred up i it's always fun when something but then again you know i'm a reporter so it makes makes for easy easy column inches right yeah it does there's no shortage of those things in the sec i think it would be good and, and i i think right now we're being so nice to all these new schools it's going to be a while before we have like a religious type anger between the Baptists and the Mormons. You know, we're going to be too nice to each other. The Cincinnati hey, we folks rile up those uh, that that old Mountain West rivalry between the Horn Frogs and, and and the Mormons. That was uh, the, what was it? The Disciples of Christ and the Mormons. That's a that's a that's a big rivalry going back to my days over in uh, Fort Worth. Yeah, TCU's connection to whatever church you just mentioned, I still haven't quite figured it out, but uh, uh, I, w- I would say Baylor clings to its Baptist roots a little harder than TCU does <laughs> <laughs> to the disciples of Christ. But the Christian church, I do I do respect the disciples of Christ and, and in fact, have worshipped right there at that church on the TCU campus. Uh, beautiful church, that is. And, uh, in fact, mm-hmm. one of my... 
best friends used to be on staff there. All right, um, Travis, always uh, fun to catch up with you. Welcome back to town, and we will try not to bother you as you now turn your focus to marriage and all those very important things. Exactly, exactly. I think I think I'm I'm going to see you sometime in a couple of weeks, apparently, because my mom set us up for a speaking engagement. So you know, always good for Karen Brown to be to be networking. She's she's a master networker. Yeah, yeah, I respect that about her. And uh, I, I told her I have to look at my schedule. My schedule. I don't really have a schedule, but I just was trying to buy myself a little more time. But you know, I'll be there well, anytime I can hang way, out with you. I'll, I'll see you at Tupanamba then. Yeah, no, I'll be there for that morning. That 7 a.m. speech was a little, uh, it's a little early for me, but we'll give it a go. I'll, I'll do it for you since you're so good to me on the radio. All right, Travis, good to visit with you. I'll talk to you soon, and congratulations, Anytime. best wishes to you. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. There he goes. Travis is uh, about to get married, and then he'll, he'll go on his honeymoon and then rush back to do a speaking engagement with me, and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll all be better for it. Uh, always fun to catch up with Travis. Appreciate him. It is 